0: Welcome back. This is Kelly Gregg, G-R-E-G-G of kellygregg.com. And this is podcast four of the continuing series of Diet and Health. This is a book I'm selling on Amazon.com. And what I'm doing is providing a capsule version of the book, more or less like a Reader's Digest version. On podcast three, I talked about proteins and fats And today, I get to talk about carbohydrates, which is the basis of my entire book, really. So we're going to go over a little bit of biochemistry regarding carbohydrates so that you can understand things as we go along. I'm teaching you the lingo and relying on your common sense to draw conclusions. Carbohydrates are sugar molecules, Now, there are hundreds of sugar molecules, but we're only going to talk about the ones that are relevant to our diet. Remember, diabetes is an elevation of sugar, and by that, I mean it's an elevation of glucose. Insulin controls the absorption of sugar molecules in the cells. I say controls, but it actually enhances the absorption of sugar molecules in the cells you can get a little absorption even without insulin, mainly by exercise. Now, we already know from Podcast 2 that type 1 diabetes is a defect in the production of insulin in young people, probably secondary to autoimmune destruction of the cells that make insulin, which, as you recall, is the beta cells of the pancreas. Type 2 diabetes is also an elevation of glucose in the body, but this is not caused by a defect in insulin production. Rather, you may have too much insulin, and this is related to a condition known as insulin resistance in which the same amount of insulin is not quite as effective as it used to be. This is no fault of the insulin. It certainly works fine, However, it is related to the insulin receptors in your body. I'll give you a preview in that the whole purpose of the book is how did we get insulin resistance, what is the result of this insulin resistance, and what can we do to prevent getting insulin resistance. In any case, this is diabetes because you have elevated blood sugar, common to all the forms of diabetes. Type 2 is also by far the most common type of diabetes and probably the only one that you could actually prevent from occurring. If you have type 2 diabetes, you sometimes end up with type 4 diabetes, which is the same as type 1 diabetes, that being, you don't have enough insulin to control your blood sugar. We need to understand up front that elevated blood sugar can be directly harmful to many cells in the organs of the body. It also contributes to the development of advanced glycated end products, which is something I will discuss later in the book. And this elevated glucose also increases the amount of hemoglobin A1C in your body, which causes other deleterious effects. Now, hemoglobin A1C can be considered an advanced glycated end product. In type 2 diabetes, we have the double whammy we have the elevated glucose and the elevated insulin. Elevated insulin in and of itself causes numerous metabolic problems, and we'll discuss those as we go along also. First, let's see how sugar is metabolized in the body and learn the lingo. A single sugar molecule is called a monosaccharide, and there are three main monosaccharides related to our diet. Glucose is the primary monosaccharide, but we normally just don't eat glucose. Some fruits contain free glucose, and honey contains some free glucose, but the main way we get glucose in our diet is in combination with fructose, another monosaccharide, and this disaccharide, in other words, two sugar molecules combined into one, is called sucrose. Uh, Sucrose is what we call table sugar. By now we know sucrose is added to all kinds of things because it makes things taste sweet. But glucose can also be combined with itself, and a chain of glucose molecules is called starch. Now, that's not as easy to avoid as just avoiding table sugar. Most of the carbohydrate you eat is in the form of starch. Starches are long chains of glucose molecules, sometimes linear, sometimes branch, but starch is the way that plants store glucose in themselves. The other monosaccharide that we ingest in our diet is galactose. Alright, now I'm sure most of you are confused, so we're going to go over this again. The monosaccharide is a single sugar molecule. In your diet, we are primarily concerned with three different monosaccharides, that being glucose, fructose, and galactose. There are also three main disaccharides, that being a sugar composed of two sugar molecules to form one disaccharide molecule. The three main disaccharides are sucrose, which as I said before is simply table sugar. The other is lactose, which many of you have heard of before. Lactose is a disaccharide in which you have one glucose molecule combined with one galactose molecule. That gives you a disaccharide molecule of lactose. The third important disaccharide is one that you perhaps have never heard of, that being maltose. Maltose is simply two glucose molecules combined with themselves, so that you get a glucose molecule, a glucose molecule, which combines into one maltose molecule. I told you before, starch is a long chain of glucose molecules, and and it is. But the way we digest this starch is that your body cuts it off at two glucose molecules at a time. In other words, it takes a long chain of glucose molecules and makes a bunch of maltose molecules. Of course, as we'll discuss a little bit later, it then splits the maltose molecules into the individual glucose molecules, which are how they are absorbed in the gut. You absorb monosaccharides, but you eat disaccharides. Kind of reminds me of fat. We eat triglycerides, but we absorb fatty acids. Once more, monosaccharides, glucose, galactose, and fructose. Disaccharides, sucrose, lactose, and maltose. Starch, a long chain of glucose molecules, which we'll call a polysaccharide. We'll start with the easiest. Sucrose is table sugar, and everybody is familiar with this. It contains one molecule of glucose and one molecule of fructose. When you eat sucrose, your body splits the glucose from the fructose and absorbs each one separately. So you may have noticed that every time you absorb a glucose molecule, you will also be absorbing a fructose molecule. In other words, table sugar is only one-half glucose. These two monosaccharides are absorbed by slightly different mechanisms, but your body really is pretty efficient at absorbing both glucose and fructose. Remember, your body is basically addicted to energy, and it really enables you to absorb it pretty rapidly. Also, remember, your brain likes glucose, so it's always encouraging your body to do its part and uh, get some more glucose. Fructose, as most of you know by now, is mainly found in fruits. It's really the only monosaccharide that we eat. Most of the other food we eat, the glucose is in the disaccharide form. It's a little bit different in fruits in that most of the time it is bound up with a little fiber Your body uh, separates out the fiber from the fructose, but it takes a little longer than it does just to split that sucrose molecule into its two-component glucose-fructose monosaccharides. So that if you eat fruit, you do get a good dose of fructose, but you don't absorb it quite as rapidly as if you eat sugar. Lactose is a combination of galactose and glucose and as you might imagine from the name, it is often found in dairy products. In adults, lactose is not a primary source of glucose, but it does have a claim to fame, as as you grow older, oft times you will diminish this enzyme that splits lactose into glucose and galactose. As a result, Uh, More lactose than normal enters your gut, and your gut bacteria really like lactose. The bacteria in the colon digest this lactose, which leads to gas production, distension of the colon, and some discomfort. Your body splits this lactose into its component, uh, glucose and galactose molecules, which are then absorbed through their own mechanisms. And most of the galactose is converted into glucose and used along with the other glucose. Maltose is the two sugar molecules that are combined together and usually exist in the form of long chains of glucose molecules called starch. Maltose is present when the gut digests the starch by splitting off two maltose molecules at a time. You then split apart these maltose molecules... And you get two glucose molecules which are again absorbed in the usual way. In the typical Western diet we get most of our energy from starch in the form of wheat and potatoes. So hamburger buns and french fries are mainly starch, which is saying that they are mainly sugar and that sugar is glucose. Now starches are long chains of glucose molecules. And it ends up, cellulose is also long chains of glucose molecules. It's just that in cellulose, these glucose molecules are bonded together differently, and we don't happen to have that enzyme to break that bond. Hence, when we eat cellulose, even though it's, prim- it's made up of glucose, we really can't utilize that glucose. Cellulose is not digested or absorbed. Actually, that's not true. Because although we can't break it apart, bacteria cannot break apart that bond. And in our gut, some of these bacteria do digest this cellulose, and we utilize the products for energy and various other functions. It's probable that the cells of the colon rely on the cellulose for a main part of their energy. I say rely on the cellulose, but remember, They're relying on the products of cellulose digestion by bacteria. Now, it's far from efficient, and we gain some energy from this digestion of cellulose, but really not much. That's why when you look on the label of the food you eat, you will see the category carbohydrate divided into two sections. One is sugar, and the other is fiber. Now, I already told you, fiber is sugar, but we just can't digest it. So, if you go along counting carbs in your diet, you take the total amount of the carbs on that label, and you get to subtract the carbs of cellulose from them. And that gives you the real amount of carbohydrates that you're using in this food. So, later, when we talk about counting the number of carbs in your diet... Even though the fiber may add a little bit to your diet, we're not going to count that. We're going to subtract the amount of fiber from the amount of total carbohydrates and just look at the amount of carbohydrates in the sugar. While we're here talking about cellulose, let's remember some animals can utilize cellulose. Before you jump up and down, I know it's the bacteria in their gut that is utilizing the cellulose you have some animals that have what's called a rumen. That's like having several different stomachs. And the bacteria in their stomachs can cut apart the cellulose, which allows the animal to utilize that glucose and turn it into fat, protein, or whatever it wants. And you will probably recognize that the prototypical animal in the Western diet that does this is cattle. Cattle eat grass. Their rumen provides glucose from that grass. The cattle then turn that glu- turns that glucose into fat and protein. So when cows are chewing their cud, they're just fully grinding down that cellulose so that the bacterial enzymes have better access to it and become more efficient in splitting it apart and using the glucose. Your colon uses that same process with the bacteria that resides there. And provides energy to the colonocytes. There's a lot of products resulting from this, uh, should we say, fermentation of the cellulose in the colon, and generations of teenage boys have demonstrated that some of the gases produced here are volatile, which means you can set them on fire if you wish. So now we've discussed the fundamentals of fats, proteins, and carbohydrates, and you've learned a few words that are going to help you understand it when we talk about it later. A quick review of sugars shows you that the main driver of energy in the human body is going to be glucose. Most of the cells of the human body can use glucose to produce energy to keep you alive. Insulin facilitates the uptakes of this glucose by the cells of the body, However, your brain is so important, it can absorb glucose without the use of insulin. So, even if you had type 1 diabetes, in which you had no insulin, your brain is still getting plenty of energy. One of the downsides of that is that even if you lower the insulin, your brain keeps absorbing the glucose. So you really have no control over how much glucose the brain is absorbing. We'll find out in 30 podcasts from now that this can have some adverse effect on you if you continue to have a high glucose level. Throughout history, carbohydrates have been the main source of energy for the human body. One of the reasons is that carbohydrates can be easily preserved and therefore are used during times of decreased food supply. It really didn't take our ancestors long to figure this out. You cannot store a leg of lamb very long, but you can put whole wheat kernels in a clay pot, seal it, and preserve them for years. Now I can go on and talk about eating and diet and how these figure into diabetes. For type 1 diabetes, diet was mainly used as a treatment. For type 2 diabetes... It actually may be the cause of our problems. Don't worry if you didn't understand everything, because I'm going to repeat this information in one way or another throughout these podcasts. We have three monosaccharides, that is glucose, fructose, and galactose. And we have three disaccharides, that being sucrose, or table sugar, lactose, or glucose and galactose, and maltose, which is what happens when we eat starch. So that now that we we know what food is, the next podcast is going to be what happens when we eat food. My goal, again, is to get you to buy the book. However, I do have a weakness in that I like to help people uh, obtain a healthy lifestyle. So don't tell anyone, but if you just listen to the podcast, you may not have to buy the book. But many people do because you can't really remember everything, and if you wanted to look something up, it's pretty hard to do on a podcast. So just go on to Amazon, put Kelly Gregg in quotes, and somewhere along the line, my book will show up. And if you recall from the other ones, I did write five separate books and really combined them into one book, that being uh, Diet and Health. But some people only want to read a few of the sections, so you could, you're could. you welcome to Order these books one book at a time, or order by a Kindle. You know, I actually make more money that way, so maybe I should be emphasizing that. The next podcast in this series of diet and health will be number five, and that will be eating. I do make other podcasts, but I don't call them diet and health. I mean, I've read this books lots of times, and you know, I've got to do a podcast on something else every now and then; otherwise, I'd go crazy.